0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the London, Ontario Real Estate Podcast. My name is Phil Bailey with Royal LePage Triland in London, and we are in episode 17 of the podcast, and we are into late March. So that means one thing and one thing only. We are officially in the spring real estate market in London, Ontario right now. So today on the podcast, I really wanted to give you some tips, kind of a market overview of what's happening right now, and some tips if you're a buyer or a seller right now in the London market. I would use one word to describe the market right now in London, and that is bizarre. It is certainly still a seller's market right now in London. The sellers have the advantage. January and February, they had a very clear advantage and the inventory being low. Things were selling like hotcakes. And if there was a listing, usually the list price to sales price were vastly different. So I think right now it's really important to... Take a bit of a, a breather and take a look at the market and see where things are before you get you know get involved in it, because I think a lot of people are missing some of the initial steps they should be taking, whether they are a buyer or a seller. So let's start with a bit of a market overview. So what I've been seeing right now in March is a, a bit of some strange things happening. Actually, I think. March break, there was a bit of a slowdown uh, in, in London, at least for my little world. Again, this isn't uh, going to impact every single market, every single price point. But I work really across uh, across London, St. Thomas. I get into Port Stanley as well. And it was a bit of an interesting market because some things sold and we would offer on a house and we wouldn't We get maybe a couple other offers on the same, the same house and getting offers accepted. I've even seen some offers being accepted at that time with uh, with conditions, which hadn't really happened for for quite a while, especially in January and February. Most of the time, people have to deal with these conditions during that, that offer time. So mainly in advance of the offer date. And I can explain that in a little bit on the podcast. So what really I think was happening is that there was just no inventory in the market. I think COVID was still very much top of mind for everybody. I know it still is. Uh, But with the loosening of restrictions right now, I think maybe uh, there's been more inventory coming on the market and also maybe less of an obsession with real estate that we've maybe seen uh, recently where people really didn't have much else to do. So they looked at houses and they bought houses because they're staying at home as much as much as possible. I do think there's been a shift. In terms of how much people value a house and uh, you know a backyard, maybe a pool, those types of things. Uh, but in terms of what the market was in March, it was just it was bizarre. There was there was some things, and, and we're not even quite over yet. But there were some things happening during the March break period. It almost seemed like a bit of a, a slowdown in the in the market happening, and again, some offers being accepted that I, I wouldn't have thought they would have been definitely in January or February. That said, uh, I think that seller expectation is pretty much the highest I've ever seen it in since I've been a real estate agent uh, because of some of those sales recently. And it's a bit of a lagging thing. Sometimes I think a lagging indicator because people are seeing you know, what Joe across the street just sold his house at and then thinking that, well, of course, I'm going to get that price for my house every single time, even though what I always say to clients is one sale doesn't really make the market. I think you have to have at least a few sales in a neighborhood before you can start saying that that's really the trend. Uh, I think what we've been seeing happening is that if seller expectation is so high, and I've had this a few times where we've had offer dates a week out, people have put in offers. I've been on the buying side and the selling side. We put in an offer on the buying side, and then all of the offers get rejected on offer night. And And then they relist at a higher price the next day. Uh, so in terms of what tips I'd have right now in the market, let's start with buyers first. So first thing for buyers is, is kind of the age old things that I've said over and over again on the podcast. It's really important to get pre-approved before you start looking at houses. So I'm always happy to chat with anyone that wants to talk about real estate, any question they have. I mean, the only people that I'm always careful with, if you have a real estate agent, I'm always careful because I don't want to step on one of my colleagues' toes. Uh, but if you have a question for me, I'm, I'm always happy to answer that. The thing I'm going to tell you, though, on a buyer's buyer side is that you really should get pre-approved because if you're not pre-approved for your mortgage, you really have no idea what price point you should be looking at. Everyone's financial situation is a little bit different. I don't really get involved in the financial side I, I obviously refer that to to a mortgage expert in, in London I'm happy to do so and they'll kind of give you an idea of where you should where you can get approved what your payments will be what's comfortable for you and then you know what the, what's a lender is actually going to lend you in the market so that's kind of I think one of the first steps you should always be taking is get the pre-approval I'd also have a deposit ready uh, deposits in London I've noticed are growing a little bit so if you get your offer accepted within 24 hours typically uh, you should have that deposit Deposit into the listing brokerage. If you don't, there's a big problem. So, what I would say is get some money together into a bank account that you can write a check from or send a wire from. Uh, e is tough sometimes just because they have put limits on how much you can transfer. And you know, typically I'd say depends on the the cost of the the price of the house and what you paid. But at least, at least probably ten thousand dollars. I've seen some at five, but that was that. That's been going away quickly. And you know, I've seen others at thirty, forty thousand dollars lately. I think that that is a bit of a a, an indicator of where the market is right now, and sellers are basically able to ask for that because they want to make sure that those deals are very serious, especially if a buyer is coming in firm. Uh, so there's no conditions in that offer they want to make sure that there's some some money obviously exchanged and that's with the listing brokerage in case there is an issue that we run into later down the line um, you also want to look at clearing your conditions so once you start looking for houses and they're doing an offer date so for example if a house was listed on a Tuesday, They will likely hold offers the following Tuesday, maybe the following Monday, Sunday uh, in there. So in that time period, you want to get in that house as quickly as possible. Make sure that there's, if, if it is a good fit for you, you want to make sure that you're prepped and ready to go. So if you do want to do a home inspection, you want to do it in that period of time. If, uh, if there's any questions on financing about that particular house, you want to have a conversation with your mortgage broker and you really want to have a bit of room there. You don't want to go to the nth degree of, uh, of 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 price and say oh I'm approved for five hundred thousand so I'm going to put an offer in exactly at five hundred thousand every single time unless your broker has kind of had a conversation with you about that uh, it it does can be an issue of course if there's an appraisal issue it hasn't been a lot of appraisal issues I've seen lately um, but I did run into some before and uh, if if you have exactly five percent down it, it can be an issue so again talk to a mortgage broker about that and they can kind of go over over that with you the other thing as a buyer right now is that you really want to not just be focusing on listing prices. You want to be focusing on sold prices. So this is a conversation I'm having with every single one of my buyer clients right now. And I'm giving them a list of sold prices in their particular area that they're interested in, maybe it's all across London. So I'll give them those homes that have, maybe they need three bedrooms. I'll give them a list of those sold prices and they can go through those listings and see if anything would have actually fit. I know this seems a little backward because you can't buy those houses, but I think it's really important to go through those sold prices because if everything's selling for $100,000 to $200,000 or $300,000 over asking price, the asking price is pretty much meaningless right now in London and i know that's super frustrating it's not what i would you know what what i like as when i'm working with buyers it's it's a really tough tough process because if something's listed at 399,000 and and the 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 seller expects 600,000 for it every single time some people will ask well why aren't you listed at 600,000 And I think it's a bit of a, a game to get people into the mar- into the, the house to be able to kind of get emotions involved and drive up that price. Um, there's other reasons too. I mean sometimes the the as listing agents and I've listed houses where I thought I would get you know 50,000 maybe around the same price I'm listing at maybe a little bit above and I get 250,000 over asking price. Based on the comparables that I'm seeing, I should have been getting probably around five fifty, or or say at a five hundred thousand dollars house, and you know you're seeing prices closer to like seven hundred thousand, and I have to be relatively conservative when I'm giving my my pricing options to my my seller. Of course, it's their decision. But I, I want to make sure that w- we can sell that house, especially if they've bought another house and they need to move it within a per- certain period of time. So just because something sells for way, way over asking price doesn't mean that the, the listing agent even knew that it would do that. Um, I think what's happening right now in the market is, that, again, it's, it's shifting upwards sometimes while we're making these decisions. So just because last week something sold at this, maybe it'll sell for more. As a seller though, let me get into some seller tips. So again, buyer tips, you got to make sure you look at those little prices, of course, get pre-approved, have a deposit ready, clear your conditions in advance. Um, you know, I, I'm a little biased here, but work with a real estate agent that understands the market that's in a lot of houses every single day because we can get an idea for you of, of what might be a good fit. On the seller side, though, I, I think one thing you have to do when this market is doing what it's doing right now—and again, I would describe it as a little bizarre—in cases in March, um, there was some homes selling at prices that I thought were lower than I thought they should sell at. But lately, in the late tail end of March, has kind of been going the other way, at least in my little world. So I think as a seller, kind of one of the tips right now in the spring market is you got to be realistic. You have to price your house. Um, relatively conservatively, in my opinion. Um, And typically, you're going to want to hold offers for about five to seven days, um, maybe a little bit longer. Reason being is that a lot of people don't even see a house on the market for at least a day or two. And uh, I've noticed that a lot with my listings is that the day they go up, yeah, there are some eager beavers ready to go and they go see the house right away. But a lot of people have set up Searches through through real estate agents. A lot of my clients have done this, and they get an email in the morning, so they're not even going to maybe check their email till the afternoon. So if I list a house on a Tuesday, they might not even see it till Wednesday night. Then they talk to their partner about it, and then you know they're not booking a showing till the Friday. So if we had to taken an offer right away those folks might not have even been able to see the house. So I do think it's important to understand that, um, that that's how the market works um, right now, is that we want to make sure that as many people as a seller can get into that house as possible. So that brings me to my next point. Access is really, really, really important right now. If you have, you know four kids and three dogs and you're in a spot where it's really difficult for you to to leave your house and maybe you're working from home probably not a good idea to list your house unless you have a backup plan um you know maybe you can go to go to your mom's house and live in their basement for a little bit maybe you can uh you know you have a friend that's that's willing to do that maybe you can work for the office for a little bit um but we want that thing that house showing as well as possible and we want access so you know, I ask for twenty four hours sometimes on access for for certain things, but a lot of people, it's just if they're going to go see that house that you want them into your house, especially if you're uh, if if you're trying to sell it for top price. So I think you have to be really careful. And every time you're denying a showing of someone, um, even though it's super inconvenient to sell your house. Um, Every time you're denying a showing, I, I'd really look at that as you you potentially could be throwing away another offer, and that could throw away thousands and thousands of dollars that, that are in your pocket. So you want to allow people into that house, and you want it to show as well as possible. Again, selling your house sucks sometimes. It can be really, really inconvenient. Uh, you have strangers walking through your house yes they're with real estate agents maybe you can do an open house on it and you know be with the listing agent but generally like this is not a uh, a, a super uh, easy process in that side but i think you know if you can give access and we can have a plan in place you just run your play for that seven day period or whatever it may be and you can get top price for your house so you want it showing as as, as well as possible so again like even though we're in this 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 crazy seller's market right now in london again we'll see see what that's how this continues i I think another point that's really important for sellers right now is don't don't treat just getting a sold sign your lawn as as a win right now when i'm talking to clients i want people to not judge me as getting their house sold i want them to judge me on getting their house sold for the top absolute dollar in the market based on comparable sales so if all the comparables are saying your house should sell for $750,000 and I get you a sold sign within three hours at $600,000, I didn't really do a very good job in my opinion. And I don't think anyone should just look at it that way. So again, when you're looking at selling selling a house, don't just look at it as, oh, I got a sold sign, got sold, got it done real quick, right? We don't really want to think about it that way. We want to think it as, yes, getting it done quickly, efficiently, but also getting you top, top dollar in the market based on comparables. So based on some, some facts there as well. Um, the other thing I would say to sellers right now in the market that I've been working with is know your numbers, know where you need to be. So if, if you're going to list your house under where you need to be, well, make sure you have a good idea of where that needs to be and try not to move the goalposts on your, on your, on, on your agent. Um, I think that can be a big issue. If you're listed at 400,000, you want 600,000, you get an offer for 550 and you say, absolutely not, then, you know, it can put, put them in a very difficult position it can put you in a very difficult position to get you top dollar so if you don't get the number you want to do and you did hold offers the other thing i'd say is make sure you indicate to the market where you need to be so if you wanted i don't know a hundred thousand dollars over asking price and you got 50 well the next day you better be listing that house at the at closer to the price you want to get and don't expect you're gonna get multiple offers if you've waited the week and you've held offers for a week so I've seen that a lot, and it's honestly just super bizarre um, what I've been seeing in, with some listings. And I think that people need to realize there are always still two parties in these transactions, at least. <laughs> um, so there's a buyer and a seller. Um, usually multiple buyers and sellers. Um, and we want to make sure that you know we're treating everyone um, with you know obviously respect throughout the process. But we also want to make sure that we're indicating where we actually need to be. So again, anyone can sell a house right now. Um, right now in London, I think you need to make sure you're getting top dollar as a seller and know your numbers. Run your play. Don't just come in and pretend like you'll figure it out as you go along. You have to have an idea of where you want to sell your house at and understand the play and work with your real estate agent to, to kind of get that, uh, that plan in motion. Um, don't keep changing the goalposts and saying, oh, well, you know, this one sold here. Yeah. Maybe that'll change your, your decision a little bit, but you know, going into a situation with uh, a very, very fluid idea of where you need to be at the end of the process is just not going to work for you. It's not going to you top dollar and it's going to add a lot of stress to the process as well. So I think I'm going to stop there for the podcast today. And those are the the really the tips I have for the spring market is for whether you're a buyer or a seller, there's, there's good and bad ways to do things. And I think we have to kind of watch and stay tuned to see what's going to be happening. Because right now, I think you're going to see probably increased inventory hitting the market. And if buyers have multiple choices to choose from, it could honestly really impact the market very quickly so i'm not saying i have a crystal ball and i know where things are going to go but i think right now you can give yourself every advantage as a buyer and a seller by using some of those tips that i have for the spring market If you have any questions for me at any time, you can always just send me a text. It's 226-977-2348. That's my direct cell. You can uh, text me directly at any time. I'm the only one checking that phone. Um, In addition, uh, you can email me. It's philbailey at royallepage.ca or just go to philbailey.ca and all my contact info is there love to answer any questions love to have some ideas for future episodes as well i hope everyone has a great start to their spring and i hope that we can all get together in person uh soon enough because uh, i know many of you that listen and i miss many of your faces uh seeing you in person rather than a zoom call hope everyone has a great day and thanks so much for listening